Welcome to the C12 Podcast. C12 is a college and young adult ministry where 20-somethings at 12 Stone Church gather on Thursday nights. We hope you are encouraged and guided by today's message. All right, what's up, C12? How you guys doing now? You guys doing good? Man, it is Thursday. Happy Thursday. Uh, so glad that you guys uh, are here. Uh, man, I'm excited to teach tonight. We are in our uh, last week of the series uh, on C12 Summer, going over the theme of biblical knowledge, and uh, I'm really excited to actually talk about tonight's topic, uh, but before we kind of get into that a little bit, uh, I just kind of want to share... Uh, a little bit of the kind of like the final travels. I know some of you guys are teachers in here. Some of you guys are going back to school, and you're like, "Man, I'm uh, I'm just start. I want to get like my last little dose in of stuff before I feel like I'm now kind of in bondage to everything, work and job and school wise." And so, uh, I, I actually d- I took a trip out to Zion National Park. Uh, how many of you guys have ever been to Zion National Park? I want to see. <laughs> we got to clap. Okay, uh, I went to Zion National Park. Uh, if you don't know, it's in Utah. Uh, this is at the uh, top of uh, almost what you thought was the top of Angel's Landing. Uh, over uh, COVID, there was actually um, a whole like rush of people. It's super narrow on the path, and they actually had to limit it. So you can only get to the top by reservation. So you have to apply. They only take 40 people uh, uh, inside of that time slot. So you have to do it three months out, or you go go ahead and do it the day before, and it's just a lottery pick. And uh, I got on my hands and knees, and I prayed. I'm, I'm not the holy. I didn't do that. Um, we just really thought that, like, man, maybe we can get that <laughs> get to the top. And so we did, and we got to the top, and then Next, next thing's a little video. Uh, this is what you're holding on to in the side of the mountain. You're just literally holding on to a chain. So who, who in here is afraid of heights? Like you, you can't do heights. Like this gives you like anxiety right now. You're like, I'm gonna barf. Like I would never do that. Uh, this, I literally just sat on the side of this mountain, holding a chain. And then, like the angst inside of me, like I'm, 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 I'm up there and like I just have like this like thought that comes to my mind and I'm like, what if someone just pushed me? You ever had that thought? You ever had that thought? <laughs> I'm not the only one. You get to the top of the mountain, you're like, what if someone just came up behind me and just pushed me off the mountain, you know? So now I get to the top and I'm kind of like, I see that video and I'm, I'm, I'm like watching, I'm living it and I'm sitting up there. And I'm like, man, what if, I, what if someone just like pushed me, you know? And now we're like, we're like exchanging places. So someone, they come and they hold the, the chain link fence. And now you got to step behind and you're like, quick, 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 quick. You got you to grab it again. And, and now I'm like, all these like little kids are running by. And I'm like, I don't trust anyone, you know? Like a little eight-year-old. I'm like, don't push me, you know? Like, I'm like, don't touch me. Don't get close to me, you know? And uh, I, I just, I thought that was the top. And, and here's the top right here. I mean, come on. You can't get a better view than that, right? Such a cool view. And this view was another hour and a half journey on top of the other picture that I just showed you. Like, I, there, there was way, there's way more that, that I saw than really what I thought was there. There's a whole lot more going on. There's another hour and a half journey all the way to the very top of Angel's Landing. There's a whole nother experience. It was the, the spine in that video. That's what they call it. They call it the spine, where it's just a super narrow, and they got this like little chain link fence that you just got to hold on to, and, and there's this whole different experience. I'm like watching literally like, you know, 60-year-old woman like climb up this thing. I'm like, I got no excuse. Like, I better finish this, you know? And uh, there's this whole other experience of, man, I, I, I thought I was at the top, and there's way more than what I could see. Like, I, I climbed to a whole new level, a whole new view. I gained a whole new perspective. Why? I thought I was at the top, but I knew that there was more. It was another hour and a half journey, and there was just way more that I could see. 
And maybe there's just moments in life where maybe it feels like, oh, there's, just, there's way more than what you could see. You finally feel like you thought you got there. You thought that was it. You thought it was to the top. Maybe you had no idea what was going to happen. See, there was way more than what I could see. There was way more to the hike than I thought what was happening. There's a lot more going on behind the scenes sometimes than what we can see. There's a lot more that maybe feels like is around you than what maybe you feel like is going on. Have you ever sat down with people and you just really, like, you get to like kind of know their story and you're like, man, there's a lot more going on behind the scenes than I thought. There's a lot more going on behind mental health. There's a lot more going on at home. There's a lot more going on in someone's personal life. There's a lot more going on than what we can see because the battle is bigger than what we can physically see. The battle is bigger than what we can physically see. Let me just illustrate it this way. As a kid growing up, I wasn't allowed to watch Harry Potter and I was deprived. How many of you grew up in a home? You're like, you couldn't watch Harry Potter. You couldn't watch Lord of the Rings. Like, you couldn't. Like, I grew up in the household. Like, I wasn't allowed to watch those things. Because my mom was afraid I was like, turn into a wizard. <laughs> she wouldn't let me watch Harry Potter. Some of you, SpongeBob. <laughs> Nickelodeon. <laughs> Some of you thought Nickelodeon. Like, Nickelodeon's the devil. <laughs> I wasn't allowed to watch certain things. And then as a kid, I kind of got confused. So my mom, I can't watch Harry Potter. At one point, I, I actually tried to sneak around. I tried to watch Lord of the Rings. Went to a friend's house and watched Lord of the Rings. Then my brother ratted me out. And, and now when I got home, I pushed him in a pile of Legos. And I was like, wow, that's the worst thing you can do as a kid. Like, there's nothing more evil than you can do in pushing a, a, your own brother in a pile of Legos. I'm like, you know, face the wrath of your decision. Like, you stay there. <laughs> and then I got confused because I'm like, well, mom, these movies aren't even bad. Like, it's just like a little boy with a wand. And it's just, you know, there's Gandalf and Radagast, and then that's in The Hobbit, and then there's Lord of the Rings. And I'm like, well, mom, I, it, just doesn't make, it doesn't make any sense. Why can't I watch these movies? And then I, I, I'm hearing at night that, like, they watch The Grudge. You guys remember that movie? The super terrifying movie. I'm down the hall, and I hear, I hear the movie. I'm not even watching it. I'm, like, getting terrified. All I hear is, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm, like, freaking out. <laughs> And then I go to, 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 to VBS, you know, and they, I, this is like my first VBS experience. I was a little kid. I didn't know what was happening. And they sing the song, uh, Father Abraham. You guys know that song? Yes. Father Abraham. Don't do the hand motions, man. That's what, <laughs> the hand motions what got me, you know. It's just like, Mom, it's Christian communism. It's weird. Like, I don't, what's happening? <laughs> I'm like, well, these experiences don't match up, or maybe a, a similar, maybe another illustration, just in a, in a funny way, is, uh, you know, when I was uh, actually in high school, it was the first, the first moment that uh, my arm fell asleep. You ever have a moment where you, where you lay on your arm in the middle of the night, and just all of a sudden, dead sleep? Ever that happened to you? Just like, all of a sudden, dead tired? For some reason, it never even happened, so I was a sophomore in high school, and I fell asleep on my arm. I went to move in the middle of the night. I touched my right hand on my left hand, couldn't feel anything, so I freaked out. I thought someone was, like, in my room. I thought there was, like, an evil spirit. Someone injected me with something. Some guys, like, standing in the corner, like, a little demon's, like, eh. Like, I thought, like... Literally, like something else was in my room. I touched my, and I, I went to like get up and I freaked out. So I just sat there going. <laughs> and I went to get up out of bed. It's like, mom, mom. It's like, this is how I die? Like, this is horrible. Like, as a sophomore in high school, like, I'm just going to like drag my arm down the hallway, like, being all limp. And, and I, I just got so scared and I just thought there was like someone secretly trying to, to torture me or maybe some evil spirit 
was in my room. And, and see, growing up, there was like those funny moments. And then, and then kind of as you get older, you start to like kind of ask the questions, you know? Like maybe, maybe you go on a, on a mission trip and you, and you see something and you're like, whoa, there's way, there's way more happening behind the scenes than I thought. I mean, when, when someone that maybe you know, like there's a, there's a bigger spiritual battle going on behind the scenes, you're like, wow, this is, I, I don't, I can't even comprehend this. This is kind of outside my biblical knowledge. This is actually one of the first uh, women I actually ever prayed over when I was in college. And as I was praying over, she just began to kind of convulse. And I just, I was so confused. I'm like, what's happening? What, what is going on? I, I didn't know what to do in that moment. I didn't really know about spiritual warfare. I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know what it looked like. And I mean, I knew people growing up in, in high school who ended up committing suicide. And, and maybe, maybe there was just something going on behind the scenes more than what you can physically see, that maybe there's just a spiritual battle that's going on behind the scenes. I, you know, I just saw people on mission trips who were, who were, who were demon-possessed. And, 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 and here's the thing. I don't say these things to like, oh, strike fear. And uh, you know, here, here, I want to scare you. But I think they're, they're real-life experiences that at some point a lot of us face. They're real-life things that happen and even Jesus said, heal the sick, cast out demons, cleanse the lepers. And he goes on to say, freely you have received, now freely give. Those were Jesus' words. That's, that's how he walked. <laughs> he raised people from the dead. He healed the sick. He cleansed the lepers. He casted out demons. And that just really begs the question, is there something more that's happening behind the scenes? Is there something going on that maybe I can't physically see? Let me just tee it up with this way. What is spiritual warfare? <laughs> That's, that's the question we're going to answer tonight. What, what is spiritual warfare? What is really going on inside a spiritual realm? And maybe you've always wondered, like, I just got questions about it. I don't know what's happening all the time. And I don't know what's kind of going on outside of this, you know, physical world or what I can physically see. But look at what it says in Ephesians 6. This goes on in Paul. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, and against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Okay, let's camp there. Interesting. What the heck's going on? The powers of this dark world? Spiritual forces of evil, like, what does that mean? I can't physically see it. What's happening behind the scenes? See, there's more than that's just in this physical world. And maybe tonight's going to open up your eyes a little bit to a spiritual world because there is a kingdom of light and then there is a kingdom of darkness. And the darkness and the forces of evil, it's not just the boss you hate. It's not the boss like, oh, my boss is from hell. He's the evil one. It's not the people that you can't stand. It's not the political party that you think isn't right. It's not those weird people out in the world. It's not the people that you work with. It's not the people that cut you off on I-85. <laughs> some, some of you, that resonated. You're like, <laughs> it's, not, it's not evil just wrapped up in the government or Joe Biden. It's not like Satan would love, hang with me, Satan would love to convince you that a spiritual world doesn't exist so you can spend your time fighting battles with people instead of fighting battles with him. Oh, he would love to convince you that a spiritual world doesn't even exist. He'd love to make you think that evil is wrapped up in the person next to you rather than understand that he's the epitome of evil. And before we get in tonight, I just want to start off with two reminders before we answer this question. 
I'm going to go over two reminders. The first thing, you're not alone in your battles. Some of you came in tonight and you're like, dude, this is like what I'm currently in is way more than what I can handle. Man, I, I'm coming in with baggage. I'm coming in with an addiction. I'm coming in with, with struggles. I'm coming in with, man, just this history that I don't even want to tell other people. I'm coming in with stuff. And hey, you're not alone in your battles. It goes over this in 2 Kings. See, and the nation of Israel was fighting a battle against another nation. But there was actually a bigger battle going on. There was a servant that had a conversation with, with Elijah. And Elisha responds and prays in this passage in 2 Kings. It says, when the servant of the man got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. The response is, don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed, O Lord, open his eyes so he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. There is a battle that you cannot see. And I don't know what you came in with today. Maybe it's addiction, it's mental health issues, it's pornography struggles, it's identity crisis, it's financial issues, it's relationship problems. I can assure you there is a bigger battle going on and there is a big God fighting them. Second thing, don't undermine the power of prayer. Don't undermine the power of prayer. It feels like prayer can be a waste of time. Maybe it feels like God isn't answering. Maybe it feels like God isn't doing anything. It feels like it's not working. See, when we, when we never understand the power of God, because we sometimes have a hard time grasping the magnitude and the responsibility of prayer. Look what it says in Daniel. It says, don't be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day you began to pray for understanding and to humble yourself before God, Okay, Daniel's praying for 21 days. Your, your request has been heard in heaven. I have come in to answer your prayer. But for 21 days, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. The, the, the spirit prince, this is not man, this is the spirit. The spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. Then Michael, one of the archangels, came to help me. And I left him there with the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia. Now I am here to explain what will happen to your people in the future, for this vision concerns a time to yet come. See, for 21 days, there was this battle happening in the spiritual realm that he just could not see. You never know what's happening in the spiritual realm. But you know what? After day, after day, after day, he continues to pray again and again and again and again. And then finally, he gets to understand a bigger perspective that, you know what? Hey, there's a bigger battle than what's going on, but never, ever undermine the power of prayer. Just because you don't see the results, it doesn't mean that there isn't a battle happening behind the scenes. And we have a spiritual enemy. His name is Satan. Weeks ago, we unpacked a little bit of, of who Satan is. He's really the embodiment of evil. He's the epitome of evil. He's the thief that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And, 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 and we got to beg the question, like, where the heck did Satan come from? And, and not just who is he, but what the heck happened? How did he just show up in the picture? And, and see, Satan was once an angel. He's known as Lucifer. Or in Isaiah, it says, oh, morning star. See, Satan wanted to be like God, full of pride. 
five times that I will, I will, I will, I will, I will, I will. I, you know what? Because I want to be like God. I want to be at your level. I want to do what you can do. And listen, look at what it says in Isaiah. It says, how have you fallen from heaven, O morning star, son of the dawn? You've been cast down to earth. You who once laid low the nations. You said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit enthroned on the mount of assembly. I will ascend above the tops of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high. God cast him out of heaven. The scripture going to say the third of the angels followed him. And actually a lot of scholars believe that the third of those angels now actually become demons. And they're under the principalities now of Satan. They're under the, the, the kingdom of darkness. In Revelation 12, it goes over this. We're going over a lot of scripture, but I know when it comes to spiritual warfare, you just got to really unpack some things maybe that are happening behind the scenes. That maybe I hope tonight, that actually going through some passages of scripture, it brings a whole new level of light to you where you're able to see something that is just so bigger and beyond than what we can physically see. In Revelation 12, and there was this war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was not strong enough. And they lost their place in heaven. The great dragon was hurled down, that ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth and his angels with him. So like I said, a lot of these scholars really believe that they, those angels now are called demons. And then they're really under this, the rule of Satan, the kingdom of darkness. And when we're talking about spiritual warfare. I'm not talking like a, a 1v1 battle, with an arm wrestle between Satan and God. <laughs> You ever seen like the, the picture where it just looks like, you know, Satan's like this and God's like this and you're like, you know, they're staring at each other. It looks like some UFC like fight off. Like that's, that's not what spiritual warfare is. And spiritual warfare doesn't mean that, oh, now there's a, a demon behind every bush. So when you have a bad day, it's not because of a demon. When you have bad hair, it's not because of a demon. When, you, when maybe your teeth don't look as straight as what you want them to, it's not because the demons came in and jacked up your teeth. Like, <laughs> that, that's, that's not for me. Um, it's not because... Every bad day, every bad circumstance that now somehow demons are behind everything. But what do demons do? What the heck do they do? What, what the heck is their role in the kingdom of darkness? When we get into spiritual warfare, what do demons do? First thing, demons influence the leaders of the world. Demons influence the leaders of the world. Wouldn't it be strategic, the kingdom of darkness, we're going to try to bring evil in this world that we go target the most influential people in the world. I mean, why does our world look the way that it does? Why is there so much evil? A couple months ago when I was in Africa, I just saw evil everywhere. What maybe we would call evil here is normal to them. Human trafficking was just a business. People viewed it as, a, oh, it's just, this is what I, this is what I do. I'm going to sell people for a living. And, and to us, we're like, that is, no, that's just pure evil. Let's go back to the verse in Daniel. Daniel 10, but the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. There is more happening behind the scenes. See, the evil prince was this evil spirit in the spiritual realm doing the evil work. And when you look back all throughout history, 
And I'm not going to say every catastrophic event was just because of, you know, Satan. Everything was just tied to him. He's the mastermind behind everything. Although it just doesn't it sound like the kingdom of darkness would just be behind every genocide, every murder, every sexual assault, that there's this evil that's happening in our world. The second thing, demons scheme to pull you away from God. You know, weaknesses, sin struggles, temptations, destructive habits. Look what it says in 1 Timothy 4, or 1 Timothy 4, verse 1. It says, the Spirit clearly says that in later times, some will abandon the faith and following deceiving spirits and things taught by who? We can, that wasn't rhetorical. The things taught by who? Why? Because they want to be deceiving. They want to take you out. They want to pull you apart and remove you from the heart of God. They want to distract you. A couple years ago when I was in, when I was in college, it's, it's, for me, it's just I get, I get so distracted easily. How many of you guys, you just get so distracted. Like when you like, you're like, dude, I, I could be like reading a book and all of a sudden I'm on Instagram for 45 minutes and all of a sudden I'm going to Taco Bell. Like what the heck happened over the last two hours? Like something, I just like veered way off course. And uh, I was actually, we, we were playing in a soccer game on our way back and we were in a car ride and we're just sitting there. It's super quiet. You know, we're all just kind of just literally sitting in silence. And, and I was just like thinking on uh, things that had happened earlier that day. And my friend thought it'd be hilarious uh, when we got right on the interstate, that he would scream at the top of his lungs in the car. Utter silence in the car. All of a sudden, I just hear like this, bah! just like screams as loud as he could. And my, <laughs> the person in the middle seat just like full on like karate. He was like, <laughs> he was like, what are you doing? Why did you do that? You know, the person driving is like all of a sudden like 10 and 2, they're like, you know, like, they're like, what happened? Like, it was, it was so loud that, like, it just, like, confused you. You're like, I don't, I don't even remember what the heck I was even thinking about. I don't remember what happened because it was so loud. Like, it distracted me so much. And, and I, I just really believe sometimes that, like, there's just something so loud. I think the, 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 the enemy really loves to grab your attention and to distract you and pull you away that so hard that you forgot what you even believed in and you forgot what you were even doing. Man, he would just love to pull your attention and distract you and pull you away from the very thing that God wanted you to meditate on, which was his word and diving into his presence. The third thing, I'm going to jump into this. Demons want you to live with fear. I want you to live with fear. Start talking about spiritual warfare. Sometimes it's just, it, even the angst of it, it just rises inside of you and you kind of get scared and you're like, I, it just feels like something that I can't, conquer. It's not something I can do. It's, it's, I, I don't feel like I have any power here. And fear is just such a dominating word, isn't it? God, the word fear, it's just, it's not liberating. It's crushing. It's dismantling. You when I say the word fear, there's probably things that come to your mind, that, things that strike fear in you. Maybe fear about your future, fear about your job, Fear about your calling, fear about your purpose, fear about whether you're going to get married or not, fear about if you're going to be a good mom or good dad someday, or fear if anyone's even going to love you, fear over friends and family and, and, and whether they're going to come to know Jesus or not, or, or whether that you're even going to find out what God has for your life to, to really submit to his plan and what he's called you to do. There's these fears, there's real fears that we live inside of, but I know this truth. 
For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Maybe you just got to internalize that. Maybe that's the verse for you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. We know in the spiritual world, okay, now there's angels and, and demons, and, and, and who are angels? <laughs> These aren't the, 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 the angels in the outfield. <laughs> you guys watch that movie? I sure didn't, so I only said the title, I'm hoping you knew. Um, they're not the, the, maybe just the guardian angel hovering over your shoulder 24-7. Uh, see, angels are, are, if you're taking notes, angels are spiritual beings created by God and for God. If I just put that the most simply put, angels are spiritual beings created by God and for God. So we kind of go over like, hey, what do demons do? Who are they? Now we're getting to like, okay, who, who are angels? You might read throughout scripture and you're like, yeah, I see them. Like I see them mentioned and I see them in the Old Testament and the New Testament. What the heck's going on? What do angels do? Well, angels are servants sent to minister to you. Look what it says in Hebrews 1. It says, are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? Man, maybe tonight you just open up a whole new realm of possibility. Maybe something far beyond maybe what you saw originally. Are not all angels ministering spirits? Angels can be ministering spirits. You see this even in the life of Jesus. He fasted for 40 days, drawn out into the wilderness. He's fighting a spiritual battle. He's hungry physically. I mean, uh, there's an emotional battle. There's a spiritual battle. There's a physical battle. He's tempted by Jesus three different times in the wilderness. You can imagine the toll that it has on him. After a, after a long-fought spiritual battle by using the word of God, it says this in Matthew 4, 11. It says, then the devil left him, and behold, who came? Oh, we can say it all out loud. Who came? You can do it one more time. I want to, who, who came? Angels. angels came and ministered to him. Angels came and ministered to him. And some of you feel like maybe you're in a spot. Man, I just can't recover from this. I can't move on. I can't, man, I, I, I can't overcome this. I can't, I can't keep going. I can't keep moving forward. And you see the angels came and ministered to him. And maybe for you, you're like, I just can't even grasp that. And like, what the heck? So every time I get encouragement, it's from an angel. I can't answer that or feel like that's the exact cause. But I do know the, what the role the angels are and what they do is that they came and ministered to Jesus. Again, what do angels do? Let's keep moving along. Angels give you direction. How many here are like directionally challenged? You're like, I, I get lost in my own neighborhood. Like, I, I don't know. I get lost all the time. Uh, and here's the, you see this in, in the New Testament when, when Mary's going to have a, a child. Now she like tells Joseph, like, oh, I'm having a kid. And he's like, that's funny because we're not even married yet. And like, I'm not even the dad. So I got a lot of questions. Uh, I don't know how this really works. And, 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 and you see now an angel of the Lord actually appears to, to Joseph. And the angel comes and says this. The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid. Take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. See, the angel came to Joseph to give direction, came to give clarity, came to give guidance. You see this even not just in the New Testament, you also see this in the Old Testament. In Numbers 22, how many have heard the story of where the donkey's talking? Heard that story? And the, man, every time you hear the donkey, all you think is Shrek, don't you? You know, you're like, 
<laughs> like in the morning, I'm making waffles, you know, like that's what I expect to read in this passage. And, and uh, you see this, so you're like, man, this, this is like, it feels like a funny story, but you actually see, okay, now what's really happening behind the scenes. It says Balaam got up in the morning, saddled his donkey. I would have drove a car uh, and went with his princes, went to the princes of Moab, but God was very angry when he went. And the angel of the Lord stood in the road to oppose him. And Balaam was riding on his donkey, and two of the servants were with him. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with a drawn sword in his hand, she turned off the road into a field. Comes to this angel like, "Uh -uh. (laughs) uh-uh, I'm a little donkey. I'm going to get slaughtered if I see a sword. Like, I'm out. (laughs) And you actually go on to read that story, you see... Balaam actually just beat the donkey because, like, you're so stupid. Stay on the road. Like, why? Like, I'm trying to go a certain direction. Like, don't veer off into the field. And, and now this is, you see this in the pastor. The donkey actually spoke. The donkey said to Balaam, am I not your own donkey, which you not have always ridden to this day? I'm telling you, if I heard a donkey talk to me, I'd probably pass out in a moment. And he says, have I been in the habit of doing this to you? Can you see this again in the Old Testament? See, Balaam's determined to keep going in the same direction again and again and again. See, the angels give direction. Angels give direction. The last thing, angels protect you. Angels protect you. In Psalm 91, you see this, for he will command command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift, lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You don't just see this in, in Psalms. You see it again in Acts. Again, I want to give you more of a, a biblical perspective and multiple examples. In Acts 12, it says, Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared, and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up. I'm sure that was very comforting. <laughs> Quick, get up, he said, and the chains fell off Peter's wrist. Then the angel said to him, Put on your clothes and sandals, and Peter did so. Wrap your cloak around you and follow me, the angel told him. Then Peter came to himself and said, Now I know without a doubt that the Lord sent his angel and rescued me from Herod's clutches. See, there is, the angel came in to protect Peter. There's danger. There's danger around him. He's in the prison and he came to protect him. That's the second thing. Angels came to protect you. Now you see the role. What do demons do? What do angels do? Maybe like, ah, I just got to go home. I got to like sit in that for a second. I just got to chew in that for a while. And tonight's going to feel more like, hey, here's just a big loaded appetizer and just have to go chew in that for a while. Maybe if you're in small groups and you just got to like, now I got to talk to my leader about this. I really got to unpack this. And, and what does this look like? But we know when we're in a spiritual war, we, we're not just in a physical war, as Paul talked about, against flesh and blood, but against the spiritual principalities of this world. Now we have to know, okay, I know there's more happening behind the scenes than what I can physically see. What do I do? And the question really begs to, 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 to offer is like, of, of, what, of how do we fight? How do we fight? If there's something spiritually happening, there's a spiritual realm, then, then I have to know of how do we fight? The first thing, how do we fight? We don't tread lightly. We don't tread lightly. You see this in Jude. But even the archangel Michael, when he was standing, disputed with the devil about the body of Moses, did not dare to bring a slanderous accusation against him, but said, the Lord rebuke you. 
the Lord rebuke you. In our culture, it feels like sometimes the enemy just kind of gets a cartoon version, the cute little thing with the sword and a diaper, and you're like, yeah, he's a funny little cartoon. Maybe it feels like our culture just calls him mean names. <laughs> and I was younger, it's like, it always like, have you ever been like around kids now and you're like all the names that they say and you're like, it's actually kind of more funny than it is like aggressive. And like when I was a kid, I used to get in all these like word fights with my brother and, uh, and, and growing up, like my thing was like, I had a hearing loss in my right ear, so I had a hearing aid. And for him, he actually couldn't go to the, to the bathroom at night without a little pager telling him to go off. So we had our own like little weaknesses, you know, and you start off like kind of soft, you know, you're like butthead, moron, you know, all those like nose picker, you know, butt scratcher, like all like the little like cheesy names. And then when you cross the line, you know, you're like uh, hearing aid boy. And I was like, you know. I was like, you crossed the line, you know, like potty pager boy, you can't even go to the bathroom. Like, <laughs> your machine's broken. <laughs> McDonald's frosty machine, I don't know. Like, it <laughs> doesn't work. <laughs> and as kids, you just say like these, these, these mean names that you think kind of has like, ah, it's angry, it's mean. And, and you see this in this passage that, hey, he's not calling him mean names. It actually just says, the Lord rebuke you. <laughs> Meaning, hey, we don't tread lightly. When in a spiritual war, we don't tread lightly. The second thing, I'm going to camp out here for a second. We don't flirt with evil. Uh-oh. <laughs> we don't flirt with evil. You ever play the game as a kid, Bloody Mary? Yeah. If you're, if you're really feeling audacious, you do it by yourself, be yep. up. Play the game, Bloody Mary, you know. You say, Bloody Mary. No, I'm not saying the whole thing. Creeps me out. <laughs> but, as you know, there's one day that I, you know, uh, we do it with all your friends, and you're waiting for, like, the little black figure to appear in the mirror, you know. Uh, and then when your parents know that you're doing it, they step in the back, and they're like, you know, like, and you're like, oh, gosh, you know. And one day I did it by myself. I said it once, and I tell you, I booked it out of that bathroom. I was like, what am I doing? Like, what am I, like... What am I doing as a kid? Like, I got more important things to do. Play Xbox, play PlayStation. What am I doing in the bathroom by myself playing Bloody Mary? What am I, a psychopath? Like, you know, and there's the, there's the, you know, there's games like that you play as a kid. And then there's kind of the more serious, uh, maybe games that, that people play when they get into like the Ouija board, tarot cards, and they now consult out mediums and, and spiritists and maybe indulge in, in, in witchcraft. See, I think the Bible is pretty clear with this in Deuteronomy. It says, let no one be found among you who practice divination or sorcery. Goes on to say, engages in witchcraft, casts spells, or who is a medium or spiritist who consults the dead. Anyone who does these things is detestable to the Lord. And maybe for you in this room, you're like, dude, I'm not playing Ouija boards every Friday night. <laughs> I'm not seeking out different spiritists, or I'm not going to play with these cards, but maybe for you, there's the essence of evil is it's the sin that you just really, really like. You know, we've often said the sin that's still around is usually the sin that we like. Maybe it's the sin that you just feel like entangles you, but it's been around so long that you actually, I just, you know what, I kind of like it and I'll kind of keep it. So when we say don't flirt with evil, we can't walk in the power of Christ if we're just dancing with pleasure. 
We can't walk in the power of Christ if we're just dancing with pleasure. When God says, be holy, therefore be holy because I am holy, it means to be set apart, that we no longer live the life that we used to live. We no longer just crave after the desires of what we did before coming to know Jesus. We don't just go chase and pursue our old way of living, our old life, but that when we now, when God invites us to become holy, we now submit to his plan and his kingdom and that we follow and obey his word because that's better than anything that we could ever dream of or imagine. Because the pleasures of this world always lead to brokenness and emptiness. It's a false promise. So we don't flirt with evil. A third thing, we don't fight with no authority. If you're taking notes, it's the last thing. We don't fight with no authority. In Matthew 10, you see Jesus actually commission his disciples, and it says this, Jesus called his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. I'm gonna read that again. Jesus called his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. You see this later on in the New Testament. When Paul's actually talking about how do, I, how do I fight a spiritual battle in Ephesians 6. And before I even get into that, I'm actually, man, why don't you come up? We're going to kind of close out tonight. And I want to camp out on this one just for a second. And we say we don't fight with no authority. Because it feels like sometimes that there's a, a battle that you can't see. And there often is that you feel like, well, I don't really know how to fight this. I don't know how to, I don't know how to conquer this. I don't know what to do now in this moment. And I really believe that there's an invitation tonight that maybe God would want to break some strongholds that you feel like are still existing. That you feel like, man, I just come in every Thursday and I got the same thing that just entangles me. I got the same thing that puts me in bondage. I got the same sin that I just feel like entraps me and ensnares me. I got the, the same struggle. And maybe tonight God would just want to remind you that, hey, we are not in a physical battle. We are in a spiritual one. And when you pray, you're calling on the name of Jesus, who's already on the throne, who's already won every battle, that you don't need to go fight for some victory that's not won yet. You don't need to go fight a war that, that, that hasn't been won yet. You don't need to go try to obtain or try harder or just do more or try to conquer that same lust addiction or to try to conquer the same feeling of guilt and shame or feel like there's just something weighing on you, that there is actually power in the cross and that he's won every battle he's fought those for you and that there is victory in the name of Jesus there is victory in the name of Jesus and it feels like sometimes when you walk around you just feel like I'm just I feel defeated I feel like I'm just walking with my head hanging low and rather I think the trumpet call of the church is to say hey victory is not in what we can do because authority doesn't lie on ourselves. the authority lies on what Jesus did on the cross the authority lies in the, who the Holy Spirit is, that he encourages you, he equips you. He's known as the comforter. He's known as the counselor. He's known as the provider. The same power that rose Jesus from the dead is now the same power that lives in you. And so now when we walk, we don't walk with an authority that's found in our own talent and our own skill set and our own ability because there is a God who is so much bigger than what I can offer. You know, about a month ago, it was at a 
all staff. I got a whole staff as a church and I just sat in the back and I was like, man, I just, sometimes it feels like, man, I just keep doing the same thing over and over again. I keep praying the same prayers. I keep doing the same thing. I just got in the back of the room and, and worshiped and I just got on my knees and I just sat there. I just said, God, I got nothing to offer. God, I can't do this on my own. I feel like I'm just, I'm living the same battle, living the same struggle. I feel like I keep running the same play. And all I remembered was just this overwhelming sense of God's presence. The overwhelming sense of his presence. And all I heard him whisper to me was just, hey, go do it again. Do it again. And maybe for you tonight, we're going to sit in some worship for a second. I want to give space. Because it feels like maybe you're like, I just keep living the same lifestyle. I hate it. I keep living in the same sin. I keep living in the same thing. And I just, I don't know how I can't get beyond it. Why? Because there's a bigger battle than what you can see. And there's actually a spiritual realm and there's a spiritual battle. But you know that, hey, God wants to meet you right where you're at. And maybe God wants to remind you tonight that, you know what? There's there's more power and feel like you got to stand on a mountaintop uh, and standing with your hands waved high and saying, you know what? I got it all. Maybe the power is actually actually getting on your knees and just saying, you know what, God, I got nothing to offer. I'm going to come before you because there's more power in prayer. And let's not undermine what God can do through the power of prayer. And so, Ben, I just want you to sing. We're going to sing out what a beautiful name. And whatever posture it is for you, maybe you got to stand. Maybe you got to get on your knees. Maybe you got to spread throughout the room. You just got to get yourself in a posture of what it means to be in God's presence. I'm just going to pray, and you guys can just even just slowly begin to play in the background. But God, I just pray over this room. God, I pray over what, God, people are, are currently just in. God, I pray over, Father, maybe their circumstances that they came in with. God, that just feels like it just so weighs them down. They feel like there's just more going on behind what they can see. And God, we know that there is no rival. There is no equal. God, that's you. You are on the throne. You are victorious. There's no other name that is more beautiful than the name of Jesus. There's nothing that offers more liberating freedom than what you can provide. And so, God, I just pray, God, over those who are heavy burdened, things weighing heavy on them. Oh, God, would you give breakthrough tonight? God, would you give freedom tonight. God, would you break strongholds in the name of Jesus? And God, how we fight that, this is our posture now, is that God, we pray and we worship. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I invite you guys to stand. And we're going to continue to worship. We're going to worship and pray over this night. And as we do, hey, we got to a prayer team that's up front. Maybe there's just something you're like, dude, I need to see victory tonight. I need to see breakthrough tonight. There, there's just, there's something in my life going on and, and how we fight our battles is through the power of prayer and how we actually engage with that is by asking for God's presence to come and meet us. And so we're going to continue to sing. We're going to worship.
And maybe for you, you just maybe you got to come forward and you got to got to say, hey, there's something going on. I can't I can't do this on my own. I gotta have I gotta have prayer over my life right now. There's something going on at home. I got my own brokenness. And hey, we're gonna worship as we know how as a ministry. We're gonna worship victoriously. We're gonna worship loud. We're going to worship because we know the presence of God is here. Amen. The presence of God is here. Amen. Come on, let's worship C12. Thank you for listening to the C12 podcast today. To stay connected with C12, make sure to follow us on Instagram at C12 stuff. One of the best ways to get connected with others and grow in your relationship with God is jumping into a small group. To sign up for small groups, go to 12stone.com slash small groups and search college. We hope to see you next week.